Is this thing on? Is it working? A little testing, testing, one, two. Can I please have quiet on the set, everyone? Quiet on the set. Piper, my kitty cat. I'm going to need, oh, I'm going to need, I'm going to need quiet on the set. Please, gosh. Well, welcome everyone to our first episode of everyone's favorite best friends. I'm your host, Chloe Garside, and with me today is my very best friend, Garrett Joyce. And we are so excited to welcome you to the very beginning of your new favorite podcast. We have a really special episode for you today. You want to tell us about it, Garrett? So this show is going to be a little different today. We're going to put out a little special talking about Miley Cyrus's new album, Endless Summer Vacation, which came out a couple of days ago. And we're just going to be talking about it. Yes, music is something that brings Garrett and I together as best friends. We hope it's something that we can share with all of you. We get really excited about this stuff. We love Miley Cyrus. We're huge Cyrus fans. And we are really excited because this album is really something special. And we think you're going to love it. And what are the odds that we get to start this podcast in such a special way? Like giving some attention to Miley, our girl. So we're going to kickstart it off in the very perfect way. There is no other way to start off EFBF pod. So let's get started, Garrett. You want to tell us a little bit about Miley, even though we all know she's a woman that really needs no introduction. So here's just a little rundown on Miley Cyrus, a little background on her. She was born in Franklin, Tennessee as Destiny Hope Cyrus, which I just got to pause right there because I love that's such a cute little name, Destiny Hope. I think that's such a unique, cute name. And I love that she took it and she was like, you know what? Miley is what I want. And she changed her name. So I love no, I love that too. It's such a cute name. It's so we know, you know, we both know a little bit about Tish, her mother. You're going to talk about that in a second here. And it's so Tish just knowing that she would name her child Destiny Hope. And one thing I want to mention that I don't see here in your little breakdown, but when Miley was little, her nickname was Smiley because she was the most smiley little baby, the most smiley little girl. And she was just always, always happy. And they called her Smiley so much and her little sister and her siblings just kind of shortened it to Miley and she became Miley and it stuck. And since then, I've heard many people with the name Miley and they really started something there. I mean, it's a cute name. A little smiley I mean, that's not, Miley. That's not what the pod is about, but I mean, it's cute. I love it. It's cute. I love it. Um, so yeah, like um, Chloe just said, she was born to parents Tish and Billy Ray. And Billy Ray might sound a little familiar because he was, or still is, a country singer that um, was very popular. So in 2006 is when Miley first got her big role as Hannah Montana on Disney Channel. It ran for five years until 2011. Once the show was over, she went on her Gypsy Heart tour, which is the first time I really saw Miley break away from the childhood star and actually put out stuff that represented her and what she wanted to show the public, which I really love. And then 2013 is when we really get the full new Miley. She releases Bangers, which broke the internet with, with record-breaking songs like We Can't Stop, Wrecking Ball, and that just spiraled into who we know Miley now. She's released Miley Cyrus and her dad's pets, Younger Now, She Is Coming, Plastic Hearts, and now what came out yesterday, Endless Summer Vacation, which includes the global sensation hit Flowers, which debuted number one on Billboard Hot 100s and stayed there for six consecutive weeks, which is kind of unheard of. It's um, kind of crazy. It really crazy. is. And then within the last couple of days she's released the album she's released a music video for river which we'll get into and she also released a special on disney plus to promote the album yeah just, and uh, for those of you who might remember that special on disney plus is kind of back to her backyard session days her backyard session roots and 
anyone who's seen those videos, I mean, you just have to love them. They're so, like, authentic, so real, and it's just amazing. Like, the special is so, so good. It's iconic, and I love that she's continuing the Backyard Sessions because she's been doing it for years now, so I love that she keeps bringing it back for each album. I love that. Yes. Like I said, this is just a fraction of what Miley's done in her career, but just a little little sprinkle of what she's been up to. Yes, and we are so excited to talk about this new album. It's so different. It's something totally unique. Um, I think that throughout this album, we'll talk about she really does go back to a lot of her roots, some a little bit of some, some of her southern roots, some of her Hannah Montana roots, but I really love that those of us who grew up watching Miley Cyrus were growing up and changing, evolving with Miley, and her music is just matching our vibe our energy every time she releases something it's perfect for the the stage of life that i'm in personally so i'm really excited to talk about this album today gary should we get started and talk about flowers should we just go ahead and get that one i think we should i love that she opened the whole era with the song and she opened the album with the song and i think we should talk about the day it was released because i believe it was on a special day she did you know miley and i go way back um we do have a really special relationship and she decided to release flowers and the music video on my birthday january 13th this year and my very bestest friend in the whole world and my boyfriend threw me an amazing birthday party miley cyrus themed we will post pictures on the efbf pod webpage on instagram you guys have to check it out but it was such a great night and there was so much Miley listened to that night and sung. Like, there was, there was a lot of karaoke. <laughs> that was iconic. And the song itself is such a, honestly, for coming out on your birthday, such a good feeling song. Like, it means, like, it uplifts people. It's such a song about loving yourself. And that's a perfect way to celebrate your birthday. Like, honestly, kind of jealous. It could not have been better. It really couldn't. And one thing that she really does with this album with a few different songs, and especially with Flowers, is this song really appeals to people of all ages, all different kinds of people. And I have seen some of the cutest little videos on TikTok of like little grandmas at retirement homes singing to this song. And it just, it brings me so much joy because I know that Miley her real true purpose with her music is to bring people together and to share a message. I mean, all of her music has a meaning. Every single song, if you look at the lyrics, she is a true songwriter and poet. And it's just amazing. She's able to reach so many people and impact so many lives with this song. And it's not even like a sad song. It's like she wrote this song in a relationship. So it's not even for people that aren't like, or just single and sad. I think it's so powerful that she's in a, a good steady relationship that she's been with her boy- current boyfriend for over two years and she's released this song and saying you know what i have a boyfriend but i can still buy myself flowers i can still be by myself i can still do whatever i want and still have someone but i can still be independent from that which i love yes it's a great message it's a great learning lesson for everyone you have to love yourself first if you want anyone else to love you you have to be in a re- relationship with yourself first and foremost And you have to be independent because if you just are so codependent on your partner, you will never have like a healthy, lasting relationship. You've got to be able to be on your own, do things on your own. And we get into this with some other songs like Island. She references that a little bit and that song. And I think it's a common theme throughout this album that we'll talk about later on. But I'm loving it. Yes. So... We don't really need to get into Flowers too much today because we know that everyone listening already has that song downloaded. You already know all about it. You've probably seen the music video, which, by the way, was 
killer killer she looks so good oh the working out scenes the bod oh honey she does it to me it's good it's good the whole whole thing 12 out of 10 perfect lead single and perfect way to open the album which leads perfectly into the next song jaded which was the first like new song that me and chloe listened to because a little fun fact about me and chloe we love to stay up until 12 o'clock that an album's released like the night of and listen to it like at 12 o'clock getting the first impressions specifically together and that's what we did for this album and i will never forget listening to the instrumentals come on and be like oh my god the new uh, era is here so what we get thoughts? so nervous we black out we get so excited we're always doing this in the car too so that we can blare it as loud as we want garrett came over at midnight with snacks and drinks just <laughs> ready to go and ready to just sit there and listen in the parking lot so Jaded comes on and the first feeling that I get right off the bat is I just get this overwhelming feeling of nostalgia. I've been listening to this song more and more and every time it just brings me back to the early 2000s. It's very summery, very it even has a little bit of that beachy vibe. I feel like this is a driving down the road on a sunny day with the windows down kind of song for sure. I totally agree. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm loving it. It's giving me like soundtrack. Like it's giving that. It's giving, telling a story. Like I don't, I love the way she kind of speaks things in the beginning too. Like I don't want to call and talk too long. The attitude she gives and like she, it's good. I, I love the way she sings it and delivers a specific song. Yes, this whole album has a lot of attitude and She says, it's a fucking shame that it ended like that. You broke your own heart, but you'd never say that. I I love this. There's so much truth in this album, and I think it's really relatable for anyone. We've all been through a breakup before. Anyone who's felt or has been cheated on or felt like you've been with a partner who wasn't faithful, who wasn't, like, spending all of their time and energy on you. Not that that's... Not that someone needs to spend all of their time and energy on you, but they shouldn't be sharing it with others, you know, if you know what I mean. And um, I love the chorus of this song. It's very catchy. And even though the lyrics themselves might be a little, they might have a little tinge of sadness to them. This is one of those songs you can like belt out in your car. It's always going to feel good to sing it. It's very catchy. Like once you hear it once, you're going to be singing it in your head all day. Exactly. But I really love it. I Like you said, I think this is one of those, the more I listen, the more I love it. But I can tell you right now, this is going to be a song from the album that I'm going to be playing a lot throughout the, especially throughout the summer. Exactly. And we didn't touch on this in the beginning, but this is the first six songs. Miley divided this album into two. The first six are for the AM, like morning, wake up, kind of like a new set, new day, and then the last six are PM, which is more of like the grungy, dark side, like getting into trouble, speaking truth, getting angry. And I think Jaded and Flowers are both perfect examples of the AM side. It's like chill. And even this morning driving home, I was like blasting the song. I was like, it's sunny out. We're in the sun. And I'm like, this is what Miley wanted when she wrote the song. And I live. It's so good. Yes, absolutely. And it's so cool. Like, I feel like a lot of this album has different touches of nostalgia, different references to different eras, and I just love it. I think it's very unique to split the album that way. We talked about it. I kind of wish she might have released AM and then released PM because all of it all at once was a lot to take in. I won't lie. It was a lot. And I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it was overwhelming. I got a little overwhelmed. And I also want to say, Jaded, the live performance on Disney Plus was out of this world. She's wearing this like white little mini dress. And I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen little clips on Twitter, but 
the vocals, like Miley's vocals over the years have developed into something that is so unique and very little artists today have that capability of live performance. Yes, she's got very natural, real, raw talent. We've seen it live. Like, this woman was born to do what she's doing. There's nothing else in the world that she should be doing other than making music. And she just feels like she's coming into her own. She's recently turned 30. You can tell from her music because you can tell this woman is feeling like she is finally in her own. She has come. Miley, she is coming. No, she's here. She came. Yeah, she came. <laughs> she's here. Like, she's here to stay, and she's here to play, and I love it. And I'm really excited, Garrett, because next we're going to talk about another song from the AM side, and it's another really fun, happy, like, riding in the car kind of song. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? So this is Rose-Colored Lenses, which, on the first listen, it automatically hit with me. I was like, this song has a feeling to it. It makes me feel summer it makes me feel like in a kind of new relationship like you're kind of in that honeymoon phase like you're falling stupid in love like we're kids just like rose-colored lenses like yes yes exactly i mean the namesake for the song is perfect rose-colored lenses and it does give you that feeling i mean a lot of times especially when you're young just in the summertime alone you have that totally different perspective of rose-colored lenses and it's like hey it's summertime i'm here to have fun I'm here to maybe have a little fling with a cute guy or girl or whoever. And I'm just, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling fun. I'm feeling fresh. I love the beginning of the song. She says, sunrise got us up early, so we put on our shades. Somehow the bed sheets are dirty, like sticky sweet lemonade. And I in- instantly loved that first line. And I was just like, okay. She set the scene. We're in summer. We all know that feeling of having those dirty sheets. And it's like when you're at the beach, you have no idea how sand got in the sheets. But somehow, no matter how many showers you take before you get in bed, there's always going to be a little bit of sand in there. And it's just very relatable to the average person. You know, it's 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 a feel-good song. It's a feel-good song, yes, for sure. And I think when I listen to it, not in a, this isn't shady. It's like a very good background song. Like I can just be like, kind of like when I'm doing chores or something, and this is on like, even the instrumentals are just, they, they carry you through, like chill and just wavy. And I, I love, love this song. Yes. This song, she really does start on one of um, the main themes throughout the album that I noticed and picked up on. She talks a lot about, let's stay like this forever, forever. Every song almost has a reference to forever. And that's a that's a concept we can all relate to when we find someone that we love. We want it to never end. We always want it to stay in that cupcake phase, even though that's not necessarily su- sustainable. But she's very stuck on this idea of forever. Maybe that has something to do with her past. You know, I don't know. But I think that it sounds like she's in love and that she's she's really in love. She's really in love. And one lyric... Relating to what you just said, one lyric that um, stood out to me is, never want to leave this room, daydream, deja vu. If I had control over you, we could stay like this forever. So I think yes. that kind of touches on, like, if I like, I want this so bad, but you can't, she doesn't have control over people. I think she has, a, it might be hinting to like she has a tr- problem with that. She needs yes. to, like, control over yes. people, you know? But, yes. And, oh my goodness, I can hear your kitty cat, Garrett. Cat, she's... We have to do a little tangent for a second. My Gracie girl, she's like an 18-year-old kitty cat, and I love her so much. And sometimes my mother's taking a nap right now, and she's locked out, and she gets a little angry. So she's letting she gets Holly. A little, 
<laughs> she gets a little Holly cranky. She's letting Holly know cranky. that she's upset right now. So if you hear Gray Gray, just ignore her in the back. She wants to get in that warm, cozy bed with Holly girl <laughs> and go snuggle. Yes, but um, she's a sweet girl. But um, I I think that you might be right, Garrett. I think there might be a little bit of an issue there where Miley feels like she can't control this. And obviously, again, like I said, that probably has a lot to do with her previous relationship and her previous marriage that ended and that ended with a major loss of control that wasn't on her part someone else in her marriage lost control of himself himself. and his his maybe morals and behavior and um we some of us who can relate we know that's really hard especially when you've got your shit under control and it's like the least i could ask of you is to just She's like, I also wonder, this isn't something we've discussed yet, but I also wonder if this this maybe even fixation on forever or obsession with forever could have something to do with her parents. I mean, we know that her parents have gone through public breakups before Tish and Billy Ray. They they have gone through lots of different public drama throughout the years. And now they're both separated as adults with separate relationships Tish, I love it. She's out. She's thriving. But, you know, as a as a child who grew up in a relationship with two parents, I would assume that it's very hard to be in your 30s and then see what you always thought was a loving relationship and pe- two people that you always believed were meant to be together grow apart and do it successfully and navigate it. And it's probably just jarring. It's hard not to bring past trauma into a new relationship. And it's hard not to bring your lived experience. Like that's just the fact that that's something that Miley had to go through, had to live through. And she talks later, you know, uh, in one of her songs, you know, I have some baggage or something like that. Talking about her baggage. Well, we all have baggage. And part of being in love is you just you love the baggage, you know, and it's also hard when you're in a healthy relationship, maybe to see other people in your life in an unhealthy relationship. And it might also make you go home and question things. You know, if you have a friend or a loved one, and I'm not even saying this is a, an example of Miley, this is just something else in real life. If you have a friend who's going through a really hard time or maybe a toxic relationship, Sometimes it can be hard not to let those thoughts creep into your head and go home. And when your your significant other says that something to you, you're like, wait a second. Like, are you gaslighting me? It's just hard. It's very difficult to see that. And it's really hard to merge two lives together in any case. But you pointed out yesterday that it's got to be 10 million times harder to do it under the public eye. And with paparazzi and with judgment and haters and all of that. And then when you get legal courses and litigation mixed in, I mean, it's it's a a mess. mess. (laughs) It's a mess. So I think But that was a little tangent. A little tangent. But Rose Colored Lenses, it's it's a really cute song. I think it's something that I'm gonna put on all summer, like when I'm doing stuff just in the back. And she also performed this on Disney Plus and killed it as well per usual but moving on to the next song a thousand miles cleo do you want to talk a little bit about thousand miles yes so thousand miles is a song that miley originally wrote she originally called it happy girl um she wrote it about her sister noah because she she really only wants her sister noah to be happy and those of you who know noah's music as well she has a completely different sound than miley she is kind of like a sad girl 
And um, Miley struggles with that. It's very hard for her to see her sister, who's such an important person in her life, go through things like that. And this song is really beautiful. She she said that when she wrote it, it was more of a sad song. But the more that she went through and edited it, edited it and changed it, it just became a happier and happier song. And she loves it now so much the way it is because you can't listen to it and not feel happy, even though the root of the song and the feeling and emotion that was there originally was something that was really sad and hard and traumatic. And do you want to talk about the other the other um, situation that happened that inspired this song, Garrett, that was that was what really made this so emotional and so life changing and eye opening for Miley. I um so I saw this, I believe I could be wrong, but I believe it she like did a little interview on the Disney Plus um promotion and she talked about the song how one of her friends' sister um committed suicide and she said that she could never like live her life without her little sister Noah. And like Chloe said, if you know Noah, her music is on like the sadder side. I think too with Noah's past experiences with that's her own story to tell, obviously, but she's open about it. Um, so I could see how having that happen to one of Miley's friends could trigger this song for her. And obviously, Noah, we all love Noah and would not know what to do without her. And I think this song, with that meaning, and like you said, the song now is totally transformed. She says, like, from what it was original to what it is now, like, it's a whole different song. But I love that the root of it, how it started, was that. And it's for Noah, and Miley knows it, and Noah knows it, and I... I feel like special getting that little insight of information about the song and it makes it 2000 more times special for me personally. Yes, it is so beautiful. And anyone who's experienced something like that in their personal life, you know that when someone is so hurt and so broken that they take their own life, that they take themselves out of the pain that they're feeling, that is something that will change you forever. You will literally never be the same once you know someone who's been to that place, once you know someone who's been there. And I'm sure that was, a, like I said, a very eye-opening moment for Miley. And like she said in her interview, and she got teared up, it's very emotional. It's hard to watch. She's just like, I can't imagine living my life without my sister. I mean, it's very, it's very sad, but it's also very beautiful. And it's a, a song about sisterhood and happiness. And I think it's a song that I'm going to go back to a lot. And I'm going to listen to that more and more. And I think I'm going to love it the more I listen to it. Especially now that I know the meaning of it, I want to go back and just listen to it and like try to pick up on different things that like she pieced And you together. know, one of the, one part of the song she talks about, she calls home and the line just keeps on ringing. And when she hears the dial tone, instead of hanging up, she just hangs her head. I think that that also really speaks to like, once someone does take their own life, and that, that feeling of wanting to call that person, wanting to tell them your big life things, wanting to talk to them, that never goes away. That never changes. And it just kind of makes me think, like, in that moment, she's thinking, well, Noah's still here. She's She can still answer me, but she's not right now. And the thought of her never answering me again when she's the only person I want to talk to right now, it's scary. It's I think scary. it just scares it scares her. Very deep. So next... Next, I think we should talk about one of your favorite songs from the album and one of mine as well. 
You, which was originally sang on her 2021 New Year's special and was on her live album Attention last year. Garrett, tell us a little bit about how, how she switched it up for us this time. So like Chloe just said, we've only heard this song. We've had this song for about two years now, but we've only heard live versions of it. So my mind going in, I was like, okay, I was expecting for it to be like a ballad, kind of like a piano song, I was probably thinking. And... Mm-hmm. She totally switched it up on us. The way she did the instrumentals on this song really, I think, took it to the next level of what it was in the live performance. And I don't think it could have been any better. And like, I don't know how yes, it could have been. Yes, I think it's done. just, it's absolutely perfect. It's like an instant classic the first time you hear it. All I could think of is it just makes me think wedding song. Like, I would love to dance at a beautiful wedding reception with the love of my life to this song. It's so special. I only want to. I only want to do these things with you. We'll talk about the lyrics here a little bit as well, but it feels like a live performance. It feels like you're in a smoky bar. Like, you know, the intro Garrett to a star is born with Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. I really feel like I could see Miley performing this song in a bar, just like that opening scene in a star is born or like, you know, there are some, music videos that Lana Del Rey has done in the past where it's just her standing alone on a stage with a microphone and a dress and she's just singing this song to a crowd of people who are smoking their cigarettes and enjoying their drinks and just having conversation while she's singing in the background like I just feel it I see the whole scene it's set I I hear this song in black and white like it's just so beautiful love the lyrics to it my personal favorite and honestly it's the way she sings it it's um, I want to drive down to Texas, flip off my exes, get kind of reckless, and have wild, wild sex under the moon, but only if it's with you. And I don't know why. I mean, obviously, it's, like, cute, cheesy, like, a little raunchy with the um, wild, wild sex, but I just think the passion she has, the, like, attitude, like, I feel like she, like, wrote it, and, like, she's experienced this. I feel like she's done yes. these things, and I love Yes, it. yes, it does very much feel like she's speaking from memory she's speaking from her fa- her past my favorite part of the whole song is i'm kind of crazy because that's how you make me anyone who has a significant other knows exactly what she's talking about there I, no one can make you crazy like the love of your life can <laughs> Facts. so she says i'm kind of crazy because that's how you make me i don't need jesus because baby you saved me now that's a powerful statement that's a powerful line but my God, does it hit? Yeah, and the way I mean, she sings—that's that's a statement. That's a statement. The way she sings is like goes into each other. It's like I'm kind of crazy. That's how you made. It like goes into each other, and Chef's Kiss and Billboard named this the best song off the album, and one of my favorites personally as well. I think she really, really did the did the damn thing with this one. I think this is another one that can really appeal to people of all ages as well. And maybe not all ages. I think the consenting age and up, I think yeah. we can all <laughs> relate. But I I think this is one of the songs off the album. Like you just said, if Billboard already named it, then we know. But I think this is going to be one of the top songs off the album that people will be downloading. They will be listening to again and again. And I think this is a song that has longevity i think years from now we will still be going back to listen to this to dance with our loved one in the kitchen or whatever this gives me kind of like the climb vibes not like obviously the same meaning but like the same like how the climb has become a classic i feel like you is going to be a classic in the same like ballad way you know yes i totally agree it has the same feeling it has the same rawness and and this is like a belting song too like 
in the car, turn this up and by the chorus, you're singing at the top of your lungs. And I love a song like that. Yes. Yes. I can promise you this will be at my wedding. <laughs> so now moving on. I can on, promise. I'm not on. even engaged, you guys. I mean. <laughs> moving on to the last song on the AM side is Handstand, which if you've heard, you know, it's one of my favorite songs. I love the instrumentals to it. Um, the production actually was all done by her um, boyfriend, Max, which I did not know. And the whole thing is very unique for the whole album. Like, it's like a standout track to me. Like, I don't, wouldn't put it with any other. What are your opinions, Chloe? It's a very unusual song. It's very different. It kind of feels like 10 different songs combined into one. This is totally extremely different from anything Miley has ever done. It's got this like sci-fi fantasy feel to it at certain points. And I don't know, this song is just, I love, I love the way that she opens it with a monologue and she's breathy. And again, you've got this feeling like this euphoric, like I'm on drugs (laughs) and it's another smoky bar or like a smoky night. Like this song, even though it is the last one on the AM side, she's taking us this is the transition. Very She's much taking so. us from morning to afternoon tonight. This is like you're already done having a long day drinking on the beach or something. And now you're going back and getting ready for the night. You know, yeah. this is like Chloe said, the beginning's really unique. Cause she does this like, um, this like monologue and then it turns in, like then it takes a little break with just instrumentals that really do like take you on this whole little journey yeah journey and then it goes in to her singing which the lyrics of this song not the lyrics along with the instrumentals is what makes it what it is but my favorite lyric when i first heard it too i knew i was like oh my god this is iconic she said you're questioning the science because you don't understand how i'm doing what i'm doing in a fucking handstand i'm gonna keep going a little bit too because it's so iconic found it so impressive that i do it again. My other one is busy, so I use my left hand. Like, <laughs> it's raunchy, but also, like, the way she sings it in the instrumentals, it, like, creates a a vision, but also, like, a mood. Like, it, tra- yes. like you said, it transitions you from a.m. to p.m. perfectly. Like, this is, like, the golden hour song. Like, it's about to get dark. We're about to get grungy. and But also fun. It's not, like, super dark. It's, like, for anyone, any time of the day. Chef's yes. Kiss. My favorite line of the whole song, my favorite part is, I wish I could crawl inside your heart, take you captive, and then sail away. I wish I could know that it's forever, take me captive, and then sail away. So again, we're talking about forever. We've got this idea of forever. And something I didn't even notice until just now, take me captive and then sail away, that kind of leads into Island later in the album, you know? Yeah. And she's got this idea of, sail okay so when you hear someone say like take me captive and sail away the that whole message there is i want to be somewhere completely alone isolated with you i want to go to an island with you so she's really kind of giving us a teaser for the end of the album here no i agree and like you kind of said it references jaded a little bit with the forever and kind of kind of like i want i want just be me and you kind of like she said at the beginning like um with jaded she loves the forever but she just wish she could like kind of like control someone be like I want you like I want the forever and like I just wish that this could be how it is forever I'm really wondering if this song is about Max because this song 
the way it's written, it doesn't necessarily give you the same feeling as some of the other songs that this is about an ex. Like, I don't necessarily get that feeling. And she says, I see your mother's calling and you're hitting ignore. It's like you saw a unicorn. You don't understand, again, how I'm doing what I'm doing in a fucking handstand. But that could totally be Max still. I mean, at the beginning of their relationship, that could have been like Max realized he was onto something that he's never going to be able to replace. He's never going to get this kind of woman again anywhere else. And that's worth ignoring Mama's call. This is very much, I feel like, recent, kind of like you said, with Max. I get the same feeling about the like newness to this song with you. I feel like you's also about Max. I, I like think it is too. Could go um, with each other very well. I, I agree. And I do. I feel like this was... And and this song, having been produced by Max, just makes it even more solid in my mind that I think that this is probably something she wrote about him. And we met each other on the neon dinghy, past the manneries and the palm trees again. So part of that monologue, and I really want you guys to listen to this if you haven't heard it yet, but if nothing else, at least just listen to that monologue part because it's very cool. And some of it is a little bit like glowing creatures beam down from great heights so some of it's a little poetic we might be you know writing some metaphors here but it also gives me that feeling that she's talking about a memory yeah like it gives me the feeling that she's remembering a a night that is in like engraved in her mind as a very special glowing kind of night Maybe uh, the night they met, maybe when they were still just like getting the together honeymoon at phase. the beginning, yeah. maybe when they were like still sneaking around before people knew they were together. It kind of also gives me that feeling like the sneaking around stage or like the before you go public stage. Before you this tell is... your mother. Exactly. Exactly. Now, before we um, leave the AM side, there's one more thing I want to say about this song. You kind of mentioned it briefly. It's very poetic and it gives me Lana Del Rey vibes. Very much yes, so. Yes, instantly, specifically, off the bat. Chloe, I haven't talked to you about this. A&W, their American <gasps> whore, you know why? The mother thing. Why? Your mother, yes! I told her. I was fucking and then, like, up it big kinda, time. And it kind of gets that, like, rough. Not like, the instrumentals like, aren't clean. It's just like, there's a lot of stacking and layering and a lot's going on with both songs. Okay, you know that. what else? Oh my God, I might have just come on to something while you were saying that because... We just went and talked about how this might be about Max, so I could be wrong here, and we we might be wrong about all of this, but both Lana and Miley are referencing men and their relationship with their mothers. Both Miley and Lana have recently had public situations where they have been cheated on and embarrassed by little boy men who are acting like little boys. So it's very interesting to me that they're both referencing men's mothers Mothers. and i mean we know that miley has a very close relationship with her mom the song mother's daughter is one of my all-time favorite miley songs so don't get me wrong there is nothing wrong with having a relationship with your mother my boyfriend is the biggest mama's boy in the world but i'm also his mom's biggest mama's boy because i'm so in love with her and obsessed with her so i understand like there's obviously so much beauty to having a relationship with a mother don't get me wrong i'm not calling out all mama's boys in the world but i am calling out the fact that it might be referencing immaturity and little boyness little like go run to your mother and you can cry to her about it she'll tell you everything these are the mothers i would say oh boys will be boys exactly these are the mothers that are like 
I don't think you should date her. She's not the right one for you because that mom wants to keep him to herself and have her keep sucking on her teeth for the rest of her life. (laughs) Very much that. But I think that, like you said, I think this is the perfect way to end the AM side. It's a beautiful track. I would highly recommend everyone to go. Just give it a listen, even if you aren't a fan of, like, Miley. I think this is very fun and unique so i think it's... i think this is a song that maybe won't be one of the like most popular off the album because i think it is for a, a certain type of person but like garrett said we really would encourage everyone to give it a listen because it is very unique and even if you don't typically like miley music this could be for you because That's it is so saying. different yeah. it's yeah. so different and so I... I and you know what else this gives me Garrett? i haven't even thought about this until right now and it might just be <laughs> might just be because she says the word electric eels, but gives me a little bit of electric feel by MGMT vibes. It's okay. that same like yeah. moodiness, that same like I feel when I'm listening to the song in my head, I he- I see and I feel neon lights. Yes. Like I feel that neon vibe, the dark with the glow. I'm driving you know? in a tunnel. Is what it feels yes. like, like, in the, like in Atlanta or something like in a tunnel. Like, no, like, for me, all of this is so beachy still. Like I'm still like in like Tampa or like freaking Miami. Okay, Miami, know? very much Miami. Yes. Yeah, I get that yes. for sure. But I think this is a perfect place for us to take a little break. Um, and we'll be right yes. back with the PM side. Garrett, go check on Gracie. Go make sure she's okay <laughs> out there. Go let her get in better. Oh, on it. And we're back from the little pause i'm sorry guys i took care of my gracie girl she's all good now put away thank you thank you so much for being patient during our commercial break (laughs) i hope you guys are still here still excited um for our first little episode i hope you're enjoying it so far and we're moving on to the pm side the dark grungy side the dark side the dark side it's gonna get really raunchy in here this is where You buckle your seatbelt if you're not already fastened in. Click, click. All right, Garrett. Click, click. Let's get started on a river. So River is the second single off of Endless Summer Vacation. We got a music video for it the night that the album came out. And it's really fun, I think. I um, It's really sexual. I would say, especially towards the end, it's very, um, she references a lot of sexual stuff, which I love. It's well, a, well, Garrett, what is the song about exactly? It's about, well, this is in the words of MC. She said it's about c- c- coming. Come again. Come again. What she is coming. Say? She is coming. She, she came. So <laughs> we start off this song with. I got a new dress just to meet you downtown. Will you mo- will you walk me through the park just to show it off? This right off the bat just made me think of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. It gives me that like confident vibe. Again, I feel like this is about Max and I feel like this is the beginning of a relationship when you're still, you know, dressing up to go meet somebody in the park, like to go out. It gives me, you know, if you're meeting someone downtown, that's not someone you're already living with. So this is a new relationship. This is the exciting time. You're feeling confident. You're feeling sexy. And you want to be shown off. And you want to show off your new hottie, too. It paints an image. This the fir- Opening the song with that, those lyrics, you automatically paint an image in my head. And I also love the lyric right after. It says, I can pull my hair back in that tight way that you like. Which also, 
this also seems like a fresh relationship because if you're in a relationship for like years now, you're not gonna be like, let me do something. That, I mean, of course you will, but like not, you wouldn't stay in this long. So it's very much new love, trying to impress your boy, like when you want to look good for him. And I also just love that lyric. It's a little sassy when she sings it too. Yeah, I know for a fact my boyfriend Mitchell loves when I put my hair in a big messy croissant bun. <laughs> That's what he calls it. And he loves my croissant buns. But she also, right after I can pull my hair back, she says, if you wrap me in your arms and never stop. So we're back there at that, like, never, ever leave me. Never go. Never let this stop. Hold never stop holding moment. me. Yeah. Let's hold on to this She moment. wants this to be an endless yes. summer vacation. She wants to hold on to this moment. So this was a song that she gave us a little mini teaser of the instrumentals on her Instagram before she released the album. And oh my god like the instrumentals it's so energized the music is very energetic and this is also the song that she released a music video for it's so hot garrett tell us about the music video so the music video gives me very much the first time i watched it it was bad romance by lady gaga when gaga standing there in the white room with the crystals hanging down and the cameras like circling around her with all the men watching her it's very much that, except there's no men, and it's just, like, Miley on the stage with, like, the lights turning on and off with, like, Miley changing poses. And it's so early 2000s. It's so... Sexy. It's also so, so new. It's so sexy. Then all of a sudden we switch and we get, like, 13 men wet all over her. And super simple. There's I think there's only one outfit change, maybe, maybe one location change, but she doesn't need it because it's so good. And they used different things to make the visuals interesting and make the song match the visuals, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so for me, the music video gave me instant like flashbacks to Vogue by Madonna, the music video for Vogue. It also gives me that nostalgic feeling. We talked about it yesterday that, you know, back in the early 2000s, having a hot shirtless man that is muscly, that was like an accessory. That was man candy. That yeah. was what most of the female artists, like Britney Spears was doing it in almost every single music video. You know, Gaga, even Beyonce. So I I love the throwback to these giant muscly men. I also want to talk about, you, you mentioned how it's so simple but and like it's understated, but that's because the focus is on Miley. The focus is on the song. It... It goes back into she's coming into her own. She's 30 years old. She's confident. I love that she's just wearing a plain black mini dress because it's so sexy, but it's so simple. She doesn't need to be wearing these like tacky, bejeweled, one piece like bodysuits that everyone else is doing. I'm so bored of that. I'm so over it. Like, I don't know when people decided that to perform on stage, you have to wear an encrusted bodysuit with tights and platforms, but I'm freaking bored with it. I'm done with it. I also love that the older she's getting, we saw this with her New Year's Eve show. We saw this in some of the music videos. I love it in Flowers. She's dancing in a new way that we've never seen before. She's got this like fun, goofy, free dance, and it just feels like she's actually having fun. Like she's feeling her own music she's feeling the lyrics she's feeling the vibe and she's feeling good and this goes back to i think i was talking earlier that she's just turned 30 so i feel like she's in a new chapter of her life she's down to explore i also think molly's finally realized who she is i feel like she's like okay i'm miley effing cyrus like i don't need to reference anyone people are referencing me so i think i am album, the moment she's the moment she is here she is everything and 
I think when a woman turns 30, there's either two things that happen. You either totally shut down and feel like, okay, I'm old now and my life is over. Or you can take the approach that I plan on taking and you say, look, this is the fucking prime of my life. I'm established. I have some money. I might be in a steady relationship. And if I'm not, I'm feeling independent on my own. I'm doing things that I want to do. And I think that it's a common thing for a lot of women when they turn 30. It's like a flip switches and it's like, okay, I don't care about other people's opinions of me. I care about my opinion of me. I care that I'm having a good time because once you're past your 20s, you stop giving so much of a fuck about things. And it's like, I don't need the perfect image. I just need the perfect image of myself. I mean, facts. And I love it. And I think that the more free she is, the more people will gravitate towards that freedom, that feeling of wanting to be. I want to be able to say I can go buy myself flowers. Like, I don't need anyone else to do that. I can write my own name in the sand, you know? So good. Like, instead of doodling in your in your school notebook, your crush's name, doodle your own fucking name. There you go. You make yourself what you want. That's what I would do when I was a kid in school. I'd be practicing my autograph, girl. Oh, same. Literally same. (laughs) Yeah, like, never never was I the girl to be like, okay, let me write my name with my crush's last name and see how it would look. No, I'm like, let me practice my autograph 30 times to make sure I can do it perfectly and quickly and the same every single time. I love, I love. I also want to talk real quick about this song. The second verse is really important. Two things really stick out to me. One, the way she sings it. She's kind of talking it. She's like, I can't stop thinking lately. You could be the one, have the honor of my babies. So the way she sings it's cool. And then also the word I just said, babies. The first time we've ever heard Miss Miley talk about having children with someone. Ever. She never even talked about this with Liam, to my knowledge. Like, this is crazy. In the song, especially. And again, it shows that she's entering a new phase of her life. She's got new focuses. She has, like, with Liam, she already had a baby because she had to babysit him. He was the one acting like a child. She's, it's time for her to be with someone who can parent with her. It's crazy that she wants to have babies with Max. I can't even believe it. And one thing I will say, Miley, if you're listening, I love you. I love you probably more than I love myself, even though we've just talked about how that's not right, but it's the truth. <laughs> but honey, we want Tish's eyes. You gotta, we gotta have Tish's eyes. We need Tish. You gotta we have those Tish. Cyrus eyes. Like, what are you talking about, honey girl? We want to see your eyes again. We but want another one of you, Miley. You. We need a midly. Yeah, midly. we want a carbon copy. Thank you. <laughs> Please and thank you. Hello, <laughs> but yeah, I think the song River. It was a great choice for on um, the second single. It's super. It's not super short. It's like two and a half minutes, but the instrumentals are insane and. Yeah, the lyrics are good too. And I'm, I think this is another song that grows on me the more I listen to it, especially in my car when I'm driving. It's a good driving song. Mm-hmm. And again, at the at towards the end, she says, like, living in an April shower. We're feeling the summer-spring vibes still. Like, this whole album is just so... And, you know, she says living in an April shower, referencing spring, and spring is, like, new beginnings. Things are new. Things are feeling fresh. There's symbolism in here, like... She has. She really is a poet. I really think that nothing in her song, any of her songs, ever happened by accident. And I think she's very deep. And I think she really goes deep into herself to come up with this stuff. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, so Garrett, let's talk about Violet chemistry because when we first looked at the track list of this album, when she very first released it, 
I think both you and I really claimed this song. We were like, okay, just the title alone, like we're ready for it. It's gonna be good. 100%. What were your first thoughts? Well, my first thought was, who are the producers on this song? And then I saw Mike Will <laughs> produced it, and also I just found this out. Her boyfriend Max also helped produce this song. So I saw that too. Yes, and we love Michael made it, and Michael came out at the music midtown 2021 atlanta show that we saw them at and he he showed miley around atlanta they had a great time together they have a really cool like long-standing relationship it's like a brother if I'm, and sister relationship kind of in my opinion yes and if i'm if i'm right i believe he also produced bangers didn't he yes and he did some of she's yes. coming yes and he he really helps miley Find her own sound. Find her own vibe. He encourages her. I think he sees all of the potential in her. Well, I know he does. I know that he sees Miley as, like you said earlier, she is the moment. And wasn't it Mike Will that told her, like, you're not referencing anyone else. You're, you are the reference. Yeah, he did tell her that. He did tell her that. I mean, that is that is the kind of person you want on your side. That is the kind of person you want on your production team. You want someone who is going to encourage you and believe in you that way. And he knows. Like, he's seen... He he came out on that fucking stage in Atlanta, and he saw that every damn person who was at Music Midtown was in that crowd. Like, he knows firsthand. So I love this song. I think it's really cool. I think this is one of the ones... I will say, even though I claimed it, I have another song that we're going to talk about later that, like, I just... It's my favorite. I can't deny it. I just fucking love it so much. But... This is also a very unique sound for her. It's very cool. It gives you so much of the vibe that you're out at the club, like you're drunk, you're with your friends. It's one of those crazy nights. She starts off by saying when the floor is wet and the lights come on, but you don't want to leave. So right off the bat, it's like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and we're closing down the club. And your phone is lost, but the car's outside waiting on the street. So we know those kinds of nights. Like, those are the wild ones. Those are the ones that, like, you have to actually recover for a couple of weeks to get past. Like, you're buying a new phone now, girl. Like, this is... A and this reminds me so much of, like, a Noah Cyrus moment. And I think that it's... Like, I drank straight to my head. I went outside to smoke a cigarette. Yes. I shattered, you know, I shattered my phone on the cement. Like, it's giving me that. It, it feels like it's the exact same night. Yeah. It feels like Miley and Noah are referencing the exact same night here. And it's really cool to me. I love, and I love that you pointed out those specific lyrics because they paint a vision in your head. Like, I see, especially now that we've pointed those lyrics out, every time I listen to it, that's all I imagine. I'm like, this is such a visual moment and i love 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 it it's a it's a life experience that anyone who goes out probably has and can probably relate to yeah i agree i want to comment on the production of this real quick i love the way that um the production was used on this especially the ending i love when she starts doing like the fingers start to dance along the figures and the shapes mixing all the colors like we're making a monet i love it i love the way she sings it especially it's like the bridge of the song so it adds a little like attitude of like yes and creates like a visual and i love that specific lyric a lot and also that specific lyric is like sexy too i mean fingers start to dance along the figures and the shapes mixing all the colors like we're making a monet that's sexy like this is a metaphor for fingers all over each other's bodies, you know? Yeah. I want to talk about 
tonight we'll just be wrong. Ain't done this in so long. We ain't got to talk, baby. We'll keep the stereo on when the floor is wet and the lights come on, but you don't want to leave. Stay a while. Stay a while with me. Don't deny the violet chemistry. Put your arms around me. Put them around me. So I kind of paraphrased there a little bit, but what we're talking about tonight will be just so wrong. Like ain't done this in so long. We've had, we've had a good streak. We've been good lately. We've been staying home. We've been doing our own thing, but it's time to go out. Miley is a wild card. We'll get there, but Miley's a wild (laughs) card. Miley can't be tamed and she's got to go out. She's got to be wild sometimes. And we ain't got to talk, baby. We'll keep the stereo on. That kind of makes me feel like we've been fighting for a while. We've been going through tough times. So I don't want to talk tonight. I don't. I just want to dance. I just want to have a good time. And again, put your arms around me. Stay a while. Don't deny the chemistry. It's like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. I want this put your arms around me. I want to feel this. I want to feel safe. I want to feel you hold me. And I don't want this feeling that I'm having right now, this euphoria to end. Really, I feel like a lot of this is like, I want to feel this happy feeling. I want to be in this euphoria and I don't want it to end. See, I feel like that kind of goes back to the title of the album, like Endless Summer Vacation. Like, she just wants to live in this. Yes. Because I, I feel like this was her last summer because obviously she said to write the song. So I feel like tw- her summer 2022 is what we're like experiencing right now. Like this is and she's like, yes. I just wish I could have that summer, like that feeling of summer forever. And I don't want to, like, dive into this too deep. We don't want to bore people with this because obviously we're all so sick and fucking tired of talking about it. But summer 2022, that was a very significant summer. We're coming out of a pandemic. We're coming out of a major global change. All anyone wanted to feel at that time was freedom. Like, we all felt that our freedom had been taken from us in one way or another, one sort of freedom. And obviously, like, all for good reason, don't, like, obviously but this is this freeing feeling it's like it's summer it has so much reference to being outside or feeling like i'm outside feeling like i'm at the beach feeling like i'm on an island and we've been trapped inside for like so long it it really just makes sense i think that this is almost a historical album for that reason because this is this is the music that came from a major historical event yeah and it's it reminds me of you know when Gaga released, um, why can't why can't I think of it, Garrett? What is her last album title? Grammatica. I think Miley had a very similar intention here. I think that there was intention to make us feel free, to make us have happy songs, to get us listening to these songs at the beach outside. We haven't talked about it today, but this whole album, I think, if you retroactively went and fitted it as the soundtrack to the last song with Miley Cyrus and Liam where they first met where they first fell in love I think it really fits that time and it has that nostalgic summer feel too and I think it's crazy because Garrett and I live right down the road from where they filmed the last song and so we are very familiar with that area that's kind of our stomping ground and we've been going to that beach for years and we know what that area feels like and it feels like this album I think that she has, throughout this album, I think that she has parts from 
all over her life. Like, I think she's got a lot about what's going on now. I think she's got a little bit about what was going on during the pandemic time and how she was feeling. I think there's stuff about Liam during their marriage. And I think there's also stuff about Liam when they first met and first fell in love. And that, like, being 16 and falling in love for the first time during the summer at the beach. Like, come on. That's crazy to think about. Right. I mean, that's a very true point. I think definitely some of the inspiration or a lot of this album is from her past, present, and future. And I think that's kind of what makes it what it is. It kind of just ties all together with the endless summer vacation. It didn't start. Bef- it, it didn't start. It's not going to finish. It's just forever. It's, yeah. And we have it. It's endless. And we have so it. So good. So I think we should move on to the next song, which I want to also talk about... Um, the features because the next song is muddy feet featuring sia and a thousand miles also had brandy carlisle which we didn't speak on but both features on this album were interesting choices before we heard the album we're like okay brandy and Sia. not saying that they're um there's anything wrong just the interesting interesting just choices unexpected choices unexpected and surprisingly i think thousand miles and the song we're about to talk about muddy feet they complimented Miley without taking over the song, and I'm shocked that she called them a feature because it's hard to pick the voices out. Yes, I totally agree. So when I so Muddy Feet is my favorite song from the album, and when I went back and listened again, it and I love Sia. I've been listening to Sia for years. I'm a huge fan of her work. I think she has one of the most beautiful voices and a very unique voice, and it is hard to pick them apart. It actually is, and they do complement each other very well. And as much as I do love Sia, I think the song would have been just as strong without her. But, you know, I think both both Muddy Feet and Thousand Miles would have been just as strong as solos. And I also think it would have been like an F you'd have no features. On. I love a no featured album. Just have like only I do my, too. I mean, but I, I do too. I don't think, like I said, I don't think either of them. But neither the of them songs. take away. Yeah, there's yes. no takeaway. Like, yes. it just didn't really add much, in my opinion, either. You know what it reminds me of? I don't think you know this song, but Taylor Swift released a song with Lana Del Rey called Snow on the Beach. And it was the only feature on the album. Lana Del Rey and Taylor Swift, like, that was the only feature. Everyone was so excited for it. Play it. Lana's just in the background doing some, like, harmonies. That's all. We don't get any lyrics. So that's kind of what this song... It, she added to the song, but she didn't take away because she didn't want to, like overshine and i obviously these people aren't going to overshine miley but i'm saying is like it didn't really more for production value i would say than for like a feature now garrett it sounded like you're about to give us a little sample of what lana's harmonizing sounded like um you have to tune in next episode for that one i know that no 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 i know no wait hold on a second i know the people want to hear that what what, what was it gonna be let me get let me get it real quick yeah Because she doesn't sing, so she was <laughs> she literally would just do like little like harmonization, like. No, that's crazy. I thought Lana was Wait, on she this first, podcast she for a second. Is, Lana, are, we, are you is on? this episode featuring <laughs> Lana Del Rey? Because I, I swear I just heard her. Okay, quick little side story. My one of my favorite things in the world is when Garrett sings. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett, and I we love music so much, but unfortunately. We were both blessed tone deaf. We're tone deaf. And Garrett's grandma, we will talk about (laughs) Kathy. We will talk about Kathy much more. Like, she is one of the best women in the whole world. But 
Kathy loves to hear her baby Garrett sing. She loves to hear that voice. And I will never forget, <laughs> right when we were, you know, still fresh as friends five or six or seven years ago, we're on our way home from Target. Garrett's mom's driving. Kathy is in the passenger seat. And Garrett is just singing his little heart out to, to Adele. And Kathy is like, Garrett, Garrett, you, I swear to God, you sound just like Adele. You sound just like her. I feel like My I'm whole listening life. to Adele. I mean, Sam Smith and Adele were the two big ones that I remember for sure. That Elvis. 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 She, know, she won't do Elvis that dirty because she loves her she Elvis. She won't do Elvis <laughs> No, but I just have to speak on that because Garrett has just this like beautiful song voice. And I love to hear it. It really makes my day. And I know you all loved it too. So just wait. You'll hear more, guys. <laughs> so Muddy Feet, back to the feature episode. So Muddy Feet we're mad okay we're pissed pissed. we are we are pissed and this is the song that like you're driving down the fucking road and you're screaming it this gives me very much lemonade lemonade by beyonce vibes like we've been cheated on we've been hurt and we're we're fucking pissed off so right off the bat she says i don't know who the hell you think you're messing with (laughs) so again let's buckle in I don't know who the hell you think you're messing it, messing with. And get the fuck out of my house with that shit. Get the <laughs> fuck out of my life with that shit. And guys, she opened the song with these lyrics. This is in the middle. Yes. This is no right, right off out of the, the bat. Gate. Like, yeah. we're pissed off. Like, don't even come in my front door. Don't even step your foot in. You smell like perfume that I didn't purchase. That lyric, right there, is she said mm. what needed to mm. be said. I love I we haven't talked about this yet, but I love how she says she goes, now you guys will get to hear me sing a little. She says, You smell like perfume that I didn't purchase. Now I see why you've been closing the curtains. Ah. And she does this little ah every time. And I love that little ah because it's like, okay, so now it's like a realization. It's like now I see why uh, you've yeah. been closed. Ah. Okay. I see. Um so it feels very real. It feels like we're kind of like looking in on an argument or a fight or something. It very much feels progressive because like, kind of like at the beginning, she says, get the fuck out of my life with that shit. And then by the second verse, get the fuck out of my house. It's just yeah, like, get it's out getting, of my house. Like, it's getting escalated by the uh, like, by each verse. And also one thing I found really interesting is she goes from screaming to like back to talking. Yeah, like, and it's very scary. And it's almost like, when you're in a fight with someone, you'd rather them yell at you than go quiet. Because when they go quiet, that's when things are scary. And that's when you know they're disassociating, they're disattaching from you, and they are mad. Like, I know my father is not one to yell. Like, he almost never yells. He almost never raises his voice. But if he did, I wouldn't be nearly as a fraction of as scared as when I come down the stairs and I see him sitting in his chair with his arms crossed silently. Like, that's like, oof, girl, you better go upstairs and climb out the window and get away <laughs> quick and run. But I love, I love, love, love. Back and forth, always questioning my questioning. Get the fuck out of my head with that shit. What? Get what? the fuck out of my bed with, with that, that shit. shit. Like, do not gaslight me. And she dropped that mic because she, those lyrics, she, did. she felt... She, and that this song she right did. here, it doesn't matter if the, if you get cheated on, if you had a bad day at work, if you had a bad day in general, if you could put the song in your car on, blasting it, you're gonna feel better. Listen to it as like many you times don't as you even, 
you don't even have to be mad at your significant other. You don't need to be mad about a relationship. You could be mad at your boss. You could just be generally having a bad day. But to scream, get the fuck out of my face with that, it just feels good. It, feels it really good. just is. And we all know that we all have times when you want to look at someone and say, get the fuck out of my face with that. But you can't. You can't always say that. So this gives you that. Outlook. So Miley did it for you. And this is like such a good song. Like like you said, like if you're having a bad day, like put this on. And I do think, especially with all the songs that follow it, it's like going to change your mood. You know, like it's like a mood changer. So this next line that I want to talk about, like, this is some good fucking writing and this is some really powerful stuff and like this is something that i feel like garrett has always been the one to buy those little poetry books that are like tinder like or not tinder like um the urban (laughs) outfitters ones like tinder related like the tinder famous ones you know no like those little like rami isn't it rami kapoor or something like tom oh yeah 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 yeah. exactly yes so garrett has these little like poetry books they're really cute i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about and i feel like this could be a short poem because it's so short so to the point but you know exactly what the fuck she's talking about you watered the weeds and you killed all the roses worthy arrives when the other door closes ah Mm, Ah. Ah. so get the fuck out of my house with that shit you watered the weeds and you killed all the roses you spent all of your time and energy on the wrong things you put all of your energy into something that you knew was going to ruin us and you put zero in energy into things that are going to grow and help us and worthy arrives when the other door closes you're unworthy and I need you to get out so that I can make space in my life for someone who is worthy. I can't have space for the healthy relationship that I need with this toxicity in my life. So get the fuck out with it. Get out and don't fucking come back. I love this song. It's strong. It's powerful. And like you said at the beginning, very lemonade by Beyonce. Very much and so. this. This song, every time it ends, every time we get to the end, I'm like, no, I wanted six more rounds of that chorus. Like, I wanted to keep hearing it. So this is one that I'm like, when I'm mad, but she's going to be on replay. Yeah, that was good. Just all the way down the ride. I think it leads perfect into Wild Card, the next song, because I think it gets you so mad. And then it kind of gives you the POV of what made her so mad. Yes, so like I think, yeah, Garrett said it perfectly. Muddy feet is she's pissed off, and then wild card, she's cooled down, but she's gonna like explain why she's pissed off. But y'all might think we're I'm gonna crazy, get in. Y'all you might think I'm a crazy bitch, but let me show you what made me into this crazy bitch, this man. That... Let me do some explanation. Let me get my receipts really quick. Hold on. I'm let me let check you, these receipts. You do this perfectly. I'm gonna let you read the first few lines of this song because I think the opening of the song it hit me in the gut. So this song is called Wild Card. And again, before I read this, I want y'all to be in the headspace that we wholeheartedly believe that this is, we're talking about a memory here. This is another lived experience. This is not just an example that she came up with. I really think that this happened. I think we're talking about Liam here. So let's get into it, Liam, shall we? You little, you little horn bag. (laughs) Do you want to play house? I could be your wife. Go and meet your mom in a dress too tight. Mm. Okay, let's stop there. First of all, okay, let's go to the first line. Do you want to play house? I could be your wife. That automatically, when do you play house? When you're little. So it automatically, she's going back to a childhood. Like she's expecting husband and wife. When you're playing, everything's perfect as a kid. Like it's all, yes. the roles are Yes, and set, they did everything. get married young. Yes, they did yeah, get yeah. married young. 
I could be your wife. Could she became the wife? And then I think the next line, I could meet your mom. This, I believe, is a real experience she had. And a yes. dress too tight. No woman will ever put on a dress that she herself thinks is too tight. If a woman puts on a dress that she thinks is too tight, that means she's uncomfortable or she doesn't think it's flattering and therefore she won't wear it. So for her, for Miley to put this in the song, I know for a fact that she put on a dress that she was feeling hot in, that she felt good and confident, and someone else, Liam, <laughs> whore, said, your dress is too tight. You cannot, why are you going to wear a slutty dress to come meet my mom? Like, what are you doing? It gives me the exact vibes of that red carpet video when she's like mm. trying to like get on him and like take you pics and she's like, stop, like stop. And then she pushes him away. This He's is like, trying to correct her, but Miley already told us she can't be tamed, okay, bitch? She can't. She She's a free bird. She is a wild card. And, like, first of all, like, look at Miley's mother, Tish. The, the concept of showing up to meet a mother in a dress too tight doesn't even cross Miley's mind because she knows a love from a mom that is pure unconditional irrevocable love that there is nothing that could change that and like miley is the type of person she's gonna wear what she wants and she's gonna do what she wants because if a grown-ass woman looks at her and thinks that her outfit is inappropriate there's something wrong with that grown-ass woman and not with miley facts so she also says maybe i could stay and not break your heart but don't forget baby i'm a wild card and what's Oof. your theory here, Garrett? Okay, so this is a theory that I just came up with when I actually it was the first time I listened to this song. And it's the way that she says I'm a wild card throughout the song. I think that this could be like a pet name or like a nickname that um, Liam gave to Miley when they were together. Not necessarily like a nickname that like he'd be calling her when they're hanging out around the house. Specifically in times, kind of like the red carpet situation we just talked about, when he's like displeased with her. Or, like, she's not doing exactly what he wants. He's like, you're being a wild card. And I think that was something that he probably said to her multiple times that stuck out enough to make a whole song about it, in my opinion. Yes, it's the it's the don't forget, baby, I'm a wild card. The yep. way she says it, it comes across almost like a threat. Yeah, like, don't like, forget, you know, that's what she's calling. Don't forget. I, I'm going to be a wild card now that you, that's what, you've gaslit me into thinking I am. Well, let me show you what it yes. actually looks like when I am one. Don't forget, baby, because you can't control me. And the tighter you tighten my leash, the more I'm going to freaking rebel and the more I'm going to pull and pinch and bite and scratch and get freaking rabid. I love, 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 love this song. It's also, so she good. references forever once again, but kind of in like a darker way. She says, I love when you hold me, but loving you is never enough. And don't wait for me because forever may never come. So I think that's an interesting view on the forever take because I think she's been wanting the forever. Like she's been craving this forever, but this is like. Garrett, I have chills right now. I just discovered something that I have not noticed about this song. And I'm like freaking out right now. Okay. This, so. this line has not stuck out to me. It hasn't hit me like it just did. I walk in the door with my lips stained red, pillows on the floor and the flowers dead. This now, I'm like, she walks in the door with her lips stained red. So she's looking nice. She's got nice for her husband. She's coming home. And the flow the pillows are on the floor. He just cheated on her. I guess he like was too she busy. just walked he, in. He was too busy cheating on her to take care of the flowers. To, That's what to water the flowers. And it goes back to hold the fuck up. 
goes right back to Muddy Feet by Sia. You watered the weeds and you killed all the roses. There we go. The two songs. The flowers are dead because you were putting your energy into someone or something else. Someone else. January Jones, you're a whore. (laughs) That, Chloe, I think you're onto something. That makes so much sense, especially with the songs following each other. I definitely think there's a correlation there. Like, I don't know why that slipped my mind why that totally missed me but i'm glad i'm here now and i really think i'm onto something no i'm glad you too and what are they talking about flowers which was flowers the first song of the whole album and i can buy myself flowers Flowers that i will water and i will keep them and you know that oh my god oh my god this is even in the music video holy shit oh god even in the music video (laughs) flowers She's, like, working out, which is her putting her energy into herself, her watering herself. Working out is a human watering themselves like a flower. You are taking care of yourself. You're doing what needs to be done. And that's something she probably wasn't doing when she was too worried about him running around town with 30 other women and drinking and smoking and doing drugs and whatever the fuck else. Chloe, oh I my think God. you're onto something because she's also wet in the music video. Like she gets in the pool, so she's watering she, herself. Wait, she puts the hose on herself, yeah. doesn't she? And she jumps in the pool, too. And yep. she waters herself like a yep. fucking flower. And she, okay, hold on. She also starts in the infamous gold dress, which people have wondered if that's supposed to be a reference to Jennifer Lawrence's dress that she wore on the red carpet with Liam, because we all now know that there's probably something going on with Jennifer and Liam, which is very disappointing. Jennifer, if you're listening, I really, really loved you for so many years. People I hope tell it's a me lie. I, I hope it's a lie. I hope it's a lie, too. People used to tell me I look like you, and I, I took that as such a compliment, and I really love you, and I really hope you didn't do that, girl, because, like, I'm going to have to hate you until the day I die, and it's going to be etched on my tombstone that you're <laughs> a bitch. But so she's wearing the infamous gold dress, and she sheds it. She sheds down to her skivvies in the video, and it's like a snake shedding its skin. She's getting rid of that layer. She is removing that gross part of her history. She wore it for the statement, but now she's going to take it off and say, look, now I'm just me. This is me, as me as it gets, as raw and independent as it could get. And here I am, and now I'm going to water myself and make you watch, and you're going to love it. I think we just found something, and that was something, guys, I want to let everyone know. That was not anything we've ever discussed, but I think that could be what Miley low-key, like, she didn't think anyone would ever discover, but we could have just put those puzzle pieces together and discovered something. So, that leads perfectly into the next song, because guess what? Yes. Surrounded by water. An island. So Yes, sir. Yes, we are sir. on to the, t- or for the track Island, which gives me a whole new vibe. From every song, I think island kind of like handstand is like one of its own little things like it kind of is a standalone yeah so island to me is very reminiscent of the same kind of feeling you get with malibu and it's also garrett pointed this out so i'll give him the credit but it also really is reminiscent of golden g-string it's got this very beachy breezy feel to it it's definitely like it's called island this is definitely a beachy song it almost reminds me of like kenny chesney vibes yeah and Again, we are talking about forever. We're talking about being alone, but being maybe stranded with someone. And she says, am I stranded on an island or have I landed in paradise? So actually a correction here, because I think we're talking about being on an island alone. I don't think this song is about anyone else here. I think it's alone. I think she's by herself. I think this is an independent song. And 
I think it's really cool that she said, am I stranded on an island or am I landed or have I landed in paradise? Because I think a lot of people, when they do suddenly end up independent or alone in a time of their life when they weren't expecting to be, it can be a very isolating, jarring, like stranded feeling. But it sounds like it's like a realization. Hold on. I'm alone and I wasn't expecting to be. But is this me being stranded or have I landed in paradise? Am I actually in the most free, independent, self-serving era of my life? Is this really where I need to be right now? I totally agree. It sounds to me like she needed this time alone. Yeah, I think. And she needed this time to get to where she is now. And she needed this time to find herself. Honestly, like, I can't even imagine where we would be right now if she had stayed with Liam. And I'm so thankful that she had the balls to get out of there a lot of people don't a lot of people stick around and and accept a love that they think that they deserve but Miley knew better she knew that she deserved better and she knew that she could love herself enough that she didn't even need this other bullshit she She can can buy herself her better than you can (laughs) she can love herself better than you can and that's a fact and I also want to um we have to we have to talk about this because it's a little mention of Mama Tish, one of our faves. She says, "Where is this?" She says, Mama told me, "Girl, smoke them if you got them." Left my lighter back at home with all my problems. Miley's mother and sister have a podcast called "Sorry We're Stoned," so that kind of like gives like a little remin- like a little shout out to that in my head, at least in my yes. head. Yes, give it that because Mama Tish loves her some ganj. I think it's a little like reference to it. And like you know what, Mama told me it's okay, so I'm good. Yes. I mean, we love Sorry We're Stoned. It's one of our favorite podcasts. I actually won their giveaway right before they took a little break. They're back now. We're so excited. But I had a really great experience with them when I did win the the giveaway, and they were so sweet to me. It was right around Christmas time. They told me to tell my family to have a very Merry Christmas and to stay safe and blessed. It was such a good experience for me. I loved it. And I love Mama Tish. I love any time that Miley references her mom. I know that they have a very close relationship and it's beautiful and it is so empowering to see women supporting women and mothers supporting daughters and making their dreams come true. And, and I think Tish supports all of her children. Like she is just, she is also a wonder woman and we will talk about that shortly. But yeah, my last little thoughts on, I I think it's a very chill song. I think it's another one that could be played in the background, like while we're on the beach or just like chilling, hanging out by the pool it's very, like the instrumentals are very beachy, chill, and I love it. It gives me, I don't know what it gives me, but it's very. It's also just, in, it's interesting that she chose to reference so much about the beach and so much beachy feel in this album, because like I said, that does go right back to her roots with Liam. And it also goes back to Malibu, which we know is about Liam. Mm-hmm. And You know, in Malibu, she's talking about how she's just sitting there smiling while he's talking about the currents. And I've heard her in interviews being like, yeah, he would just talk all the time. And I never had any idea what he was talking about. So I would just smile. But it's just interesting. Like, obviously, Liam grew up in Australia. He I believe he surfs and stuff like that. So he grew up in a very much beachy lifestyle. That was probably something he was passionate about, loved. And now it's like, with Malibu, it was sad, and it was like, I never came to the beach, and now it's like she's totally free of that, and she wants to be at the beach, and she's going to stay on the island, and she's happy there, and and, and it, does, it it doesn't belong to him anymore. It belongs it, to her now in a whole new way. 
I totally agree. I think that's a really cool concept to think about of how he probably did make her go to the beach a lot and like made her experience all these things for him. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to take control of this. And that also goes back to the, am I stranded on an island or have I landed mm-hmm. in paradise? Like she could be like, well, this is like what kind of like a PTSD. Like this is like triggering to like my past relationship. But she's like, you know what? Right. Let me Wait claim where yes. I am and yes. make lemons out of lemonade kind of and be like, you know what? Yes. I got it. And I love Malibu so much. It's one of my favorite Miley songs. And I always found the intro so sad. I never came to the beach or stood by the ocean. I never sat by the shore with my toes in the sand. It's sad because it's like after a relationship ends, after you go through a breakup of someone you really, really love, those things that you love doing together become painful. It does become hard. And it becomes really sad because that becomes a part of your, like, own nostalgia it becomes so bittersweet and this really shows progression it shows growth here and we didn't even mention where do they meet the beach on Tybee. at the beach that's what i'm saying like, it's it, like goes it goes all the way back all, yeah. to the roots yeah I and totally I, agree. there's just no way that she could have met him there and fallen in love there and then not have that strong connection and yeah. root to the the island life and the beachy life I with totally him agree. you know that they th- it correlates in her brain there's just no way it doesn't and i feel like this is such a a good song too it's not the closing song but it kind of feels like it because we'll get into wonder woman next wonder woman also it goes with the album but it's also like the meaning of it. it's kind of a one-off thing so yeah wonder they, woman's kind of a standalone song so here. i kind of feel like this is like the ending of the album and then like wonder woman's like a little bonus you know what i mean but i kind of feel like this is the end of the endless summer vacation i don't think that wonder woman is part of the endless summer vacation i agree we will talk about it in a second here wonder woman is about her grandmother who recently passed away and it's a very beautiful song we're about to get into it but i think that was a song that she couldn't not include but i agree with you i think that endless summer vacation and the pm side kind of ends here and i think wonder woman is more like a bonus track almost yeah and we can get into wonder woman now and like chloe just said it's about her grandmother who just passed and the lyrics really do and that's kind of the way i listened to it for the first time i thought about it in that way that she was kind of writing it to her grandmother and it's very emotional i'm not gonna lie i cried the first time i listened to it i think it's like i just said i think i listened to it from that point of view and i was like this is such a sad song to write, especially for someone you love. And I can only imagine her grandmother being alive and being able to hear this and be so proud of Miley because the way, I mean, this is kind of like- So proud and so touched. This is also so touching because if her grandmother could have heard it, I think that she would have felt extremely seen by Miley and by the women in her life. And, And I don't think that this song is just about her grandmother either. I mean, I think that that's where she wrote it, but- I love that she wrote it in a way that's vague enough that when you listen, when I listened for the first time, I was just getting like images of all the different Wonder Women in my life. Like Garrett's grandmother, Kathy, is included there. My mother, my boyfriend's mother, his Garrett's mother. Like there are so many Wonder Women and it is so beautiful and it shows these women's strength and it goes to show... Um, the grandmother that Miley's talking about here is her matern- maternal grandmother. This is Tish's mom that recently passed away. And I just spoke on Tish. And Tish is such an incredible mom. And she gives everything to her kids. I really believe that. And I think that she's a really good example of a mom that, like I said, she has done everything to support her children's dreams. 
Tish put her life on the back burner when Miley was like nine years old or something to get her that that Disney role, to get her that career. I mentioned way earlier in the episode that Miley grew up going to Atlanta. That's because she grew up in Tennessee, but her mom would load them up into the Escalade and drive to Atlanta so that Miley could get the coolest fashion, the coolest clothes. Like Tish is the mom that goes the extra mile every step of the way. And I cannot deny the fact that that came from her mom. And Tish was adopted by this woman. This is not even her biological mom, but that never was even like a a thing in their relationship tish to tish this was her mom this was her only mom like that's i didn't mean anything by that other than this woman brought this child into her home she raised her as her own and she was an incredible incredible example as a wonder woman in their life so garrett let's talk about some of the lyrics okay so she's a wonder woman she knows what she likes never knows she's broken because she's always fine live she's She's a million moments, lived a thousand lives, never know she's hopeless, only when she cries. So right there, um, she's she's a million moments, lived a thousand lives. That one line really does kind of resonate with a grandmother because, you know, grandmothers have all of the experience. They've lived their life, but they've also lived through their ch- children's lives, their children's through experience, grandchildren's lives. through their grandchildren, through their friends. They've seen things. They've seen different eras. They've seen different politics, like all kind. They've lived a thousand lives and they have that knowledge. And that's why you respect your elders. Like they simply know more than you because they've lived more than you. And it's exactly. just a fact. And she talks about her grandmother never letting anyone see her cry in this song a lot. And that's what gets me very emotional yeah. too. She makes sure no one's around it when she falls apart. She wants to be the one that never does. Like I just got chills because yeah. that's, that's a matriarch right there. That's the matriarch of a family who never falls apart so that everyone else can. One of my favorite lyrics from the song also kind of relates to that. It says, she's a won't stop woman hours on her hands, all the pain is polished, and all the tears are planned. Again, chills. Chills. I think we'll start from the beginning. She's a won't-stop woman. Like, obviously, from a grandchild to your grandmother, like, she's, like, lived forever. Like, she knows as much. Like, she's, like, the most knowledgeable person that she knows. She's gone through the most. She's a won't-stop woman. She's always on the go. And she's... She's lived a thousand lives and she's a won't stop woman. It also goes to she's lived a career life. Mm -hmm. She's lived a mother life. She's lived a grandmother life. Those are all different roles. They're all full time jobs. And she's already managed and excelled in all of those roles. And then when she says all the tears, all the pain is polished and all the tears are planned like tears. Yeah. When I heard that one line, all the tears are planned for the first time, that was like a freaking dagger to the heart because it just, it makes me think of like at the end of the night when everyone goes to bed, it breaks my heart to think that that's when mama goes into her closet and falls apart alone or, you know, takes a shower and cries in the shower so no one knows. It's very sad. It's very impactful to hear. It's strong. Um, Garrett, have you ever seen the movie Love Actually? I don't think I have, no. Okay, so Love Actually is one of my all-time favorite movies. And there is this incredibly powerful scene with Emma Thompson, who's an incredible actress. And she's just looked under the tree and she found a, like, ruby necklace for Christmas. And then 
Her husband comes home and he hands her her Christmas gift. She opens it really excited. She thinks it's going to be this ruby necklace. Her husband hasn't gotten her a piece of jewelry in like 30 years. And I mean, these people have kids together. So once you get to that stage, it's like, you know, the romance kind of dies. She opens her gift and it's a CD from her favorite artist. So in that moment on Christmas in front of her children, she realizes that her husband has bought a ruby necklace for a woman that is not her. And she goes into her bedroom. She turns on the CD. It's Joni Mitchell, which anyone who knows Joni Mitchell, like, you're going to cry anyways. And she melts down. She completely breaks down for about 30 seconds. And then she tightens up. She, like, fixes the bed. She fixes her skirt. She collects herself. And she goes and takes her children to their Christmas play. And it's, like, such a powerful scene. I wish you had seen it so that we could talk about it more. But it's so powerful because it's just, like, all those tears were planned in that moment. And she had to go in there, deal with it, and then go walk out into the living room and face her husband and take her kids to this play together knowing what she knows. This all, That kind of just gave me the same vibe as Princess Diana. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, yes. imagine being Princess Diana with those kids and, like, having to be stronger than imagine her downs her her tears were planned like you just know it and like i mean that's so so many women throughout history have done that and yes even famous and then like you said like grandmothers women in general have done gone through so much that this song means so much and it's one of my favorites from the initial it's one of my favorites hands down i love the title i love that she called her a wonder woman i love that it relates to these matriarchs in our family they're superheroes those are the real superheroes in our lives like oh it's such an incredible song i I know that this is one of the songs that can relate to people of all ages and i know that every single person has someone in their life a woman who has done something in their life to be a wonder woman i love that it ends it because wonder woman it's not obviously it's a part of endless summer vacation but it's like its own little thing. So it's a little bow on the album, I think. Like, it's, it's a great ender, but it's also like a little special moment, I think, that I will hold. Like, it's special. very special. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when I saw Miley play this for Tish for the first time. I cannot imagine. That had to have been an incredibly emotionally charged moment. That, yeah. uh, it's so beautiful. I know Tish has to be so proud of this song. And I... I don't think I mentioned it um, today, but it gives me Loretta's Loretta song from Noah's last album. Uh, and also gives me a little bit of the most from She Is Coming. Uh, it's like, yes, uh, it and- has like different meanings, but it's all about like, I know the most is about Tish. So that's why I kind of clump it together. Yes. And when we saw Noah live, that was pretty recently after her grandmother had passed away. And Noah talked about it mm-hmm. with us as a crowd. And it was, that was a very, um, intimate concert that was a personal concert kind of it wasn't a huge venue and i just know that this woman's passing affected and impacted these children so much it's just it goes to show what a wonder woman she was and her absence is felt every single day and she is still so present in their lives exactly they talk about her all the time and they forever will and i think it's i'm so proud of my for putting this in and sticking to it and I think it's also strong to say that she ended with the album with it. Like it's a overall strong It's a song. great ending. Yeah. And um, what we, we didn't plan to talk about it, but I just want to do 
a quick mention of the demo of Flowers that is at the end of the album. We're not going to get into it too much because it's the same exact song. It's the same exact lyrics, but I personally like the demo version better. It's a little slower. It's a little bit more romantic even. Um, and I think it's really beautiful. I really think it's worth a listen if you haven't given it a try yet. I do too. It's a very like um, broken down version of it, but it's it's good. Like Her vocals are amazing and shining and she delivered. And it it's a little bit sadder because you feel a little bit more of the emotion there and it feels a little bit more raw to me, but I really love it. I love this album so much, Garrett. I have loved talking to you about it. I'm so happy that we have a whole new album to listen to all summer. I know. Perfect timing. Sing. It is perfect timing. And for her to release Flowers on my birthday and then to release this just in time for our first episode, I mean, the timing couldn't have been better. And I'm so happy that all of you guys listened and joined in. I hope everyone enjoyed our first podcast, EFBF. Yes, we have so many stories to tell. We have so much to talk to you guys about. And we will be back soon with another hot take. So stay tuned and keep checking on our efbf pod instagram and check back and see what we've got to talk about next yes because we're going to be posting some like pictures and images that we were referencing throughout the video on instagram so if you want to hop on over and check that out we are so excited to get to know everyone and we'll talk to you guys soon all right bye besties bye besties